For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's Friday, August 5th, 2022, and a hell of a night for professional wrestling. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Joined tonight by Afrikanawa, NYC Demon Diva Issa, feeling a little under the weather. We wish her a speedy recovery. Tonight, more indications of a new day. Yes, it is in WWE. With a surprise return during SmackDown, the announcement that Monday begins the long-awaited, some would say forgotten promise of a women's tag team title tournament all that and more tonight on the wrestling inc podcast alfred it's friday are you sports entertained i'm exclusively sports entertained i think the sports entertainment people did a good job of creating some news tonight and they did it strategically it seemed toward the end of the show so i believe that was the big news coming out where a lot of people were buzzing about some of the stuff that you just mentioned that was revealed on SmackDown tonight, and I think it was a good counter to a live episode of Rampage with a better crowd, a better lineup, and clearly an emergency episode after doing the worst number that they've ever done in 1849. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. In, in the 1849 demo, not the year. Yeah, yeah. In, in the 1849, they did 0.11 in 1849. That's a new low, and that's the number they use to rank all these shows, so... On one hand, while the shows do, especially on Dynamite, Dynamite was number one again this week, even though it was down, but Rampage has really struggled with viewership. Gotcha. Not, I thought you meant in, in the 1849, like Jermaine Dupree in life in 1472, but uh, <laughs> no, the 18 to 49 demo. Slept on album. Not enough people talk about 1472 anymore. I never really get a chance, but uh, you know, I've never really been into Jermaine Dupree like that. Wasn't that the I do uh, like uh, Welcome to yeah. Atlanta? That was his best work as well. Was that the album with Money and a Thing on it? I believe that was it. Yeah, that's a good song too. That with uh, Jay Z. I legit Jeff Gershman and I had a friend that when riding out in a car, he would literally roll down the windows and just yell out to passersby, Money ain't a thing. <laughs> He's not lying. Yes, he was saying this from like my 1994 Mercury Tracer. <laughs> and you know, clearly, if you're driving a tracer, money ain't a thing, you know, Absolutely. living large, yes, stunned on everybody from that tracer. Oh man, I, I had like the spoked wheels. Oh, sweet car, sweet car was paying that off for like five years for terrible interest rate. Uh, so let's hop into the news before we hop into the wrestling. Yeah, the news really coming out of tonight. There are a couple of stories we we're going to talk about that seem to get updated tonight. Let's start with the big news of Karrion Cross returning to WWE. There were reports today that Karrion Cross could be on his way back, that there were talks. Karrion Cross, of course, somebody who a lot of people know is a triple Triple H is supporting of this man. He was a star in NXT 1.0. And one of the speculations that's been out there is Karrion Cross coming back to WWE now that Triple H is in charge without Vince. And that's exactly what happened tonight at the end of SmackDown. Karrion Cross returned, full head of hair, no helmet, and he's got brand new suspenders, but they're saying these are going to, no, he doesn't have suspenders either. Him and Scarlett showed up to attack Drew McIntyre in the main event segment of SmackDown. And then they took it one step further. Scarlett put a hourglass in the 
ring on the apron to tease that maybe Karrion Cross is coming for Roman Reigns. So a far cry from losing to Jeff Hardy and Keith Lee in a pair of suspenders. What do you think about the return and Karrion Cross's future under Triple H, Glenn? Do you think Vince took the helmet with him and the mask? Like Vince just likes to dress up and wear that and walk around the house and order like DoorDash? I really hope that when security escorted him to his office and waited for him to clean his office out, he just told him that all he wants is that helmet and he left everything else. The whole company, you can take it. Stock options, you can have all of it. Give me this helmet. This is mine. Yes, carrying cross tonight on SmackDown, Vince uh, somewhere in Connecticut wearing that helmet and nothing else. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Stella a bottle just, of whiskey. Yeah, Stellar Justin Lopez, 499 Super Chat, saying, damn, Triple H works fast. The report just came out at 3 p.m. That convo probably went something like Triple H. It's Paul. You want to come back? Qual said, yep. Didn't even have time to <laughs> shave his head. And someone said on Twitter, looking like a buff version of Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20. Uh, I, I missed the shaved head. Shaved head and facial hair. If Walter White taught us anything, that is a very menacing look. And I think Harry and Cross would do well to bring that back. Yeah, he really does. His real name is, or his other name that he uses on the end is Killer Cross. And to that point, he didn't even have time to change his Twitter handle. WWE shouting out Killer Cross, which I think is a better name and I think is more indicative of when he had that bald head. I think it does make him look much more intimidating. He looks a little more like a model with that shaved head of hair or that full head of hair pause. And I just don't think that he has the same aura as he would with that bald head. Not that that would matter. It looks like they are serious about pushing him at this level. So I like the fact that they're getting more contenders for Roman Reigns. We are in a rare part of this Roman Reigns uh, dynasty. And I think the big weakness of this dynasty is that it's hard to believe somebody can beat Roman Reigns. Even Brock Lesnar, not a lot of people thought that he was going to win that match. So Drew McIntyre, I could see him winning at Clash of the Castle. But Karrion Cross is a new guy, which under a new regime, there's going to be people who can see him beating Roman Reigns if it comes to that. So I like that wow. Roman Reigns is finally getting multiple challengers who could potentially, you never know, who could have a chance to beat him. I mean, let's, let's be a little real here. Like, that's, that's probably not happening anytime in the near Okay, that's probably not happening, but I'll tell you this. Everything's changed. This is not the Vince McMahon era anymore. I think a lot of people took for granted that Roman Reigns is going to go all the way and face the rock for the world title, but you just never know. You never know if WWE feels they need to keep shaking things up. The mm. priority, it feels like, with WWE is buzz. Let's just keep this momentum yeah. going. People are excited about this product. That can mean a lot of things. Here comes Karrion Cross. They're doing a women's tag division, which we're going to get into. They want to keep this buzz going. Sasha and Naomi are probably coming back. And if it comes down to it and all the challenges are out of the way and it's Karrion Cross versus Roman Reigns, what's to stop them from having Karrion Cross beat Roman Reigns, if nothing else, to keep this momentum going? Well, I think if they've learned anything from AEW that you can really – own the the night or the week sometimes with these surprises and they've got a long list of released talent probably some you know we talked about this i think this would be in wwe's best business interest i know they want to own everything on their platform but i think they could start doing more short-term contracts i think they could start figuring mm -hmm. out ways to get these these quick pops and really detract some of the attention away from AEW. This was a very smart move to end the show with this. And tonight was Rampage. Like, when you've got a live Rampage, um, normally it's so easy for AEW to win the night with that. And I think WWE just, like, neutered them before I even went on the air tonight because everyone was talking about Cross. Everyone was talking about those tag tournaments. Yes. Like, Triple H, um, if Vince didn't consider AEW competition, I think Triple H still wants to settle a score or two. Yeah, and I don't know if this is a competition thing. I think it's just it's burned bright in his brain that he was publicly humiliated. His executive power was all but done. Like, had yeah. this unlikely Vince 
downfall not happened. Triple H was on the outside looking in. He was essentially going to be a consultant. He was going to be what Vince McMahon is right now, where it's just a kind of a silent partner with WWE. But because this happened, here comes Triple H. And almost a week, not even a week after he got hired back, the first big move he makes, we're going head to head with AEW on September 4th. So he has not forget forgotten about being embarrassed on a public scale in the Wednesday Night Wars. And he's coming for that ass. Well, you're forgetting, Alfred. Uh, Triple H is the, the Tom Wamsgams of the McMahon yeah. family. And much like Succession, just when you count Tom out, he's the one pulling the strings, making he things really happen. Is, if you watch Succession, Tom Wansgam is back on his way up, and that's what Triple H is. It's exactly what it is. Except him and Stephanie are together. No spoilers, but they're together in this as opposed to Tom kind of going against his wife. Which Hey, you know, they might they might have very similar, what did Tom call it? Spicy pillow talk. Yes. Uh, John Jordan with a 490. God, I miss Succession. John uh, Jordan with a 499. Super Chat, Glenn, look at all Max Headroom, Alfred smiling and profiling my dudes. Cross return seems polarizing online. I don't get it. Triple H right and wrong is promising. Look, I mean, Triple H, you want, uh, I mean, uh, Cross, you want to talk about like just tarnishing all the goodwill a character had with the main roster call up like that was the fastest i know we still haven't done our nxt list on tuesday of the biggest botches of all time regardless of what the biggest botch of all time is like that was the fastest botch of all time in a call up because there was no honeymoon period there was no hot debut or teaser vignette and then it took a while to cool off like the second he showed up in that helmet like it was over yeah, and it was such a botch. As I said on Pro Wrestling Bits, I have my reservation about Karrion Cross even coming back because it was such a poorly done job by that main roster administration that just going there if I was Karrion Cross would kind of trigger me. And I think a lot of these fans are going to look at this like, wait, that's the guy that was the Comic-Con demolition guy. Why the hell is he back beating up Drew McIntyre? It might be for a lot of wrestling fans in WWE to go over how badly Karrion Cross was booked. They just need to commit to him. And apart from that, Karrion Cross back is part of a large story. This is hope. WWE is trying to build hope. They're going to have these comebacks. They're going to have Tommaso Ciampa get over. So now all the internet wrestlers, all the indie wrestlers who seem like it was AEW or BUS, they're looking at WWE like, wow, this could be fun. A lot of people who gave up on WWE for being somebody who could promote these hardcore favorites, they're going to get more excited about it. And with people returning, kind of your idea about that short-term contracts, I love that because then you can create this pattern WWE where you could tune in and you never know who's going to show up, why or how, and that could create excitement around the product. And they're doing a good job of that, of creating that type of buzz. And also I like that they're doing it hopefully in a way that is – continuous and it matters because as much as these AEW debuts have been great, a lot of times they'll show up and you won't see them for months and they peak after their debut. Whereas here it looks like Harry Cross is entering into something and building towards something. Well, I'll tell you. So two things, one, um, WWE could learn well from the music industry uh, in that, you know, when people sign record deals, like you're only guaranteed one album it's like a deal that's up to seven albums or seven years but you do one and then if they like how you do they pick up the option on it it's not see wwe the problem with their contracts before is it's like we're signing you it's like going on a date with somebody and being like so we're gonna get married and spend the rest of our lives together or like peace out i'm never gonna see you again um i think <laughs> it would be wise for wwe to say like okay we're gonna bring you in for a guarantee of three months and if it's good and it gets over then we'll extend that and we'll keep going and then we'll keep extend band there. That's the way to do it, I think, going forward, to do these short-term deals with options in WWE's favor. But at the same time, if somebody releases, just, hey, we didn't pick up your option. And I think AEW's kind of quietly been doing that. 
with some of their one-off or per appearance deals and they allow for other things to happen. But two, the other reason why WWE should be appealing as opposed to AEW, yes, on AEW, you can work indie dates. You want to go wrestle and tour and do your own meet and greets and sell your own merch. That's fine. But with WWE, like if you want that company lifestyle, they can plug you in. You know, if you've got philanthropic work you want to do, they have an arm that works there. If you want to try and do cross media appearances, if you want to do sponsorships and endorsements, like there's something too, if you want to be a uh, ride or die for the company, WWE, I think offers a more structured environment with just more opportunities than AEW has at this time. And that's not to say, you know, some people want that flexi- flexibility of AEW. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited about it. I still think Cross should cut his hair. Uh, did you hear someone in the crowd yell that? Is that Edge? Uh, <laughs> I could uh, see. They kind of look like Edge. They might need to cut that hair. And remember, like, the reason why it's the reason why it's polarizing is, well, yeah, his main roster thing was DOA before, but they're not trying to win over like they've got time to establish him and win over like your average wrestling fan. What they're really trying to do with that tonight was steal the buzz from AEW and have the story going into the weekend. Triple H is making moves. It's a new day. It's a new era. And we might get some of that black and gold magic now on the main roster. Like, so that's what was calculating it smart. It doesn't matter if everybody in the ring was like, who the F is this guy? Because they've got time now to build him up. And it was great when the black and white hit when Scarlet was there, like, this is a good way to build intrigue with the casual fan, but yeah, like get the hardcore fans talking. Yeah. Much closer to the presentation he had in NXT and they succeeded in their goal. I can promise you, we are going to spend much more time talking about what happened on WWE SmackDown and some of these news stories that they really promoted than AEW Rampage, which was a good live episode of AEW Rampage with some good professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is not going to win this wrestling war on its own merits and the buzz and the amount of excitement for this product is going to. And I think AEW did a great job at this a couple of months ago, even during September, that period where they were going to sell out the uh, Flushing Meadows event. They did a good job of that, but now WWE sees in control of that narrative. And I think they're riding the wave of that Vince McMahon retirement angle. And now that there's a post Vince WWE, a lot of people are excited about that. WWE's ratings have been on fire in terms of that. And I think they're doing a good job of doubling down on that because that's what they're going to have to continue to do to get people excited. They're going to have to believe in this product. And, and, And there's a lot of problems. In addition to that buzz, now Tony Khan has to worry about his talent potentially looking at WWE going into free agency like, well, you know, a jungle boy, the, the, Tommaso Champion is going to be bait. He's going to be indie wrestling bait, IWC indie darling bait to where the further Tommaso Champa goes, the more a guy like Darby Allen or jungle boy is going to look at this like, whoa, like they're pushing Gargano who might come back. They're pushing Tommaso Champa. Well, I don't have to just stay here and think that Vince is going to bury me. So they're hitting AEW on a lot of levels by doing some of these moves they're making under Triple H. And AEW contracts are coming up. I mean, it's been three years. If you didn't already renegotiate an expansion, like maybe, maybe now it's time. So I don't know. It's very exciting. I think we're going to learn that the real narrative was the one that WWE controlled all along. Uh, so we got some super chats. Michael Martinez, four ninety nine. Have you guys ever seen the video of Logan Paul opening a case of first edition Pokemon cards? He spent millions on check it out. If you haven't that just, uh, yeah. Wow. Pokemon. He wore one to the ring at WrestleMania 38. You know, I think I've got an unopened pack of Pokemon cards like from the 90s somewhere. I'll have to find that. Never opened Nintendo. Like sent them out as a promo for a game or something back when I was covering games. 
So I used to collect them when I was much younger. I never got a Charizard or a Mewtwo, which were the only ones that I wanted. Here's what's crazy, though. So Jeff Gerstmann and I are doing this podcast on Jeff Gerstmann's show called Game Boys to Men about our history as video game journalists in the early 90s. Like all these games we had, games I sold used for like five bucks, 10 bucks Nintendo games. Now these sealed video games are going for a fortune, tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. Um, if you've got like sealed 8-bit NES games, absolutely crazy. Okay, tens of thousands? I don't know. Yeah, if you have, you've yeah. got like an unopened like Super Mario Brothers, like that's huge. Damn. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you have any? No, no, I wish. I, I probably have like some stuff that's like worth nothing in a box somewhere. Um, so, uh, Steve Marco Chili 499 say Ro Rock versus Roman doesn't involve the title. Rhodes versus Cross could be hot for the title. Yeah, I mean, I Rock versus that. Roman doesn't need a title, but I don't see them giving up that flex. Rhodes and Cross are, I think, going to be figured into the main event uh, picture. I don't know how big of a match for a WrestleMania Rhodes versus Cross would be. I would rather see Rhodes versus Roman or Rhodes versus even mm. well, a Drew McIntyre match. But uh, I, I can see Cody Rhodes chasing the world title come WrestleMania because I do see him as the only favorite to win the Royal Rumble. Michael Lodge, $5, saying if AEW couldn't beat WWE at their lowest point, AEW is about to get killed in the ratings war. Remember like a year ago when there were those two or three weeks that WWE was running SmackDown on FS1 and I said, Tony Khan, now is the time to pull out all the stops because symbolically they needed to be able to at least claim a win over the flagship shows. And they didn't. Yes, they did. During the Friday Night Wars, talking about that time where they went 30 minutes head to head. Well, not the 30 minutes, but remember when uh, they were on FS1, like, uh, like AEW should have been able to game it to get a bigger rating for right. the night, you know, even not head to head. Yes, yes. And um, it'll just be interesting because I don't know about they couldn't beat WWE at their lowest point. WWE was in pretty dire straits, but they were still doing pretty solid numbers. It's just AEW came out the gates hot and their ratings have now softened year over year. This time last year, they are doing 1.1 million and dynamite was down to 938,000 for this week's episode. And the product does not feel as hot because a lot of their top guys are hurt. MJF is MIA. I'm sure maybe they'll Which have something still him, just but insane. Yeah. When they're ready to bring him back, it, it should be during a time where a lot of these other guys are coming back. So AEW could just take all of its resources and really try to seize this narrative from WWE because they're getting their ass kicked in that department in terms of what company seems more relevant and hot and more exciting right now. It's definitely WWE. Well, I think tomorrow, uh, early in the morning, naked, wearing the carrying cross hat and nothing else, the streets are going to be texting you some fast nationals. Yes, there's going to be a lot of typos in that tweet. I, I can. <laughs> well, it's hard to see out of the helmet, you know, so. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's probably gonna be wearing gloves too or do you do that? maybe vince is watching thinking that there's all these security breaches like now that he's gone security can't keep anybody out i fired these guys months ago and now here's dakota kai here's carrying cross he's probably leaving voice messages about the security breaches i mean that actually be a hell of an angle you know i mean like there's so much they can do when they i mean like it's exciting and here's the reason why this isn't i mean it's cool that triple h is in charge but let me just say that um the most exciting thing in wrestling, it's like first is the element of surprise and secondly is the element of change. So it's like if you could just surprise people week in and week out and you say like, oh, things are shaking up. Like how many times in wrestling 20 years ago did a WWE pay-per-view end with some like dumb surprise? And I was like, things are never going to be the same again, you know, but people yeah. buy that. People like that. That's what people want. The, uh, if you have a status quo, that's when it gets boring. That's how old school wrestling was 
built on the Saturday morning pro wrestling shows in the territory era, and even in 90s WWE, they would always go off the air with some type of cliffhanger. Like, what's going to happen? Come back next week. And so that's how I felt this ended. And that's what I was surprised was missing from Raw. I felt like there wasn't anything really newsworthy that popped us the way SmackDown did. And that's what I was expecting for Raw after SummerSlam. And I think SmackDown delivered there. And hopefully they got a big rating like Raw did, and people will be able to tune in more. I mean, I think Monday I would be shocked if Toxic Attraction or someone doesn't show up to crash that women's tag team title tournament. I mean, they don't have tag teams if they don't bring up some NXT women's tag teams. There's not enough for a tournament. It's going to be a tournament of like three teams and one of them's going to get like a bye to the final, you know? Yeah, let's talk about That's our next story. They announced bringing back the women's tag team championships and that's going to immediately lead to speculation that Sasha Banks and Naomi are on the way back to WWE. That was reported last week. Sasha Banks recently pulled out of a celebrity, uh, I believe it was a softball game. It was a celebrity flag football game, actually, that she pulled out of. And that's going to lead to more speculation that her and Naomi could be back. I could see whoever wins those tag team championships immediately after Sasha and Naomi show up. But I think the fact that the tag team titles that are back are raising a lot of eyebrows. They haven't even been mentioned for two months back when they buried Sasha and Naomi for being quote unquote unprofessional. But now they're much more professional. Everybody's on the same page and they're bringing these titles back. It's very curious timing indeed, Glenn. It is. Um, I think they fly them to the UK maybe to crash the uh, the victory, or maybe they save them for the Raw after the UK show. But I think it's going to be very exciting. And But here's the more important thing. What they're doing in Sasha getting pulled from that game, they are doing their convention appearance tomorrow. They are doing their appearance in Chicago with the signing. 130 bucks for a photo op with the both of them. If you do uh, get at that camera phone, try and get some scoops and uh, you know send them our way so we can report on it. But the great thing about Sasha missing that game is that now everyone's going to be speculating, you know, and that's the key. Remember in wrestling, sometimes, yes, you want change. Yes. You want surprise, but feeling like, Oh, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Remember how like all time interest in WWE this year, when Cody is Cody going back to WWE. So is Sasha and Naomi coming back? Like that's huge. That speculation is uh, I think going to be a wonderful cloud that's going to hang over WWE and probably pop the rating because you're curious, when are they going to come back? I don't think it's going to be for Clash of the Castle, but you never know. Uh, Tina Miller sent a super chat, $5. Thank you so much, Tina. Always lovely to hear from you. Tina saying, I, I heart AEW, my favorite wrestler is there, but they will need to seriously look at their shows and step up their game. I want both companies to do well. And in fact, I'm going to say this. Some people might take offense at this. I think tonight, them giving that much time to the mid-card women's match on Rampage was a little bit of them realizing, okay, we've got to step it up and compete now and treat the women's division a little more seriously um, because we're just going to get our asses kicked uh, in women's wrestling now that WWE, like all the barriers towards women's wrestling shining in WWE have, have are, are like falling away dramatically. And even that gauntlet match tonight, which got about half an hour, not the longest, but even that, the tag title, like I think Tony Khan looks at that and it's kind of like, oh shit, now they're really going to give us a run for our money. Yeah, and that's why this is one of the worst things that happened to AEW is Triple H taking over. The floodgates are open. There is really no limitations on who thinks they can get over in WWE. There's a focus on women's wrestling again, dominated Raw, and they're now investing into it with this women's tag team tournament. And all the other points we made earlier 
about shorter, smaller wrestlers maybe getting an opportunity and different people who are on the outside being released from WWE coming back. It just seems like a legitimate land of opportunity. So, of course, AEW is going to have to try to placate a lot of people because there's going to be an even wider net of people who are going to look to see if they can go to WWE if their contract is coming up and they don't feel like they're being used on AEW TV. I really feel, whether they say it or not, which they won't, the crux of Triple H's plan, I think, at the top of that agenda is fuck with AEW. I really do think that he has not stopped thinking about losing to AEW uh, for a year straight, and he's going to correct that wrong. I think that's going to be a chief priority of him is counter programming, doing things that he knows are going to undermine AEW. Yeah. So we shall see what happens. And I apologize if I'm doing weird jaw wiggles tonight. You ever, you ever get ice pick headaches? You know about this? No, not at all. Okay. So typical headache is like pressure on your brain, you know, feels like, Oh my God, my head hurts. I'm going to take something like I've been getting these headaches intermittently, but it's been really bad the last week because I've been literally battling cat scratch fever where it's like i feel it like on the sides of my head and the back like where my brain meets my skull just like mm. these little tinges of pain it is not pleasant it's not, not a migraine is it not a my i mean a migraine normally i think is more like front and center like okay. oh my head really hurts but this is just like like almost shooting shivering pains that i'm oh. getting like around my head so i don't know i've had them for years that's why i'm not panicked about it but it's just like being a little more it's like oh this is not not a good feeling you know, yeah, maybe get an ice pack or it sounds kind of like voodoo, like somebody's pointing at oh, <laughs> Ooh, maybe yes, somewhere Tony Khan. Little <laughs> no, then, I, then I would start feeling that, yes, <laughs> true. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> what else is going on in the news? Well, uh, shout out to Succession 25 Emmys for Succession, yes. But uh, our next news story, what do we have here? Okay, Karen Cross did come back. Sasha, oh, that's right, Dynamite. Well, we just mentioned that. It was at 938,000, number one on cable, but down 4%. So really in that kind of 938. An okay number. I didn't think too much was going on on the show. Willie Uta, Chris Jericho wasn't a big-time main event, so it relatively held up. But again, not anything too newsworthy coming out of Dynamite or Rampage. I think uh, WWE SmackDown dominated these stories. So that would be your news. And of course, real quick announcement, Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian welcome their second baby. Congratulations oh. to the happy couple. She's expected to be a billionaire by age 13. Wow. So those Kardashians are really uh, speeding that process up. And then uh, Mayor Kane, Glenn Jacobs, has been reelected as mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. I finally had to unfollow him like six months ago. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't anymore. You joined a lot of other people. He was on SummerSlam this uh, past week. What did you think about that appearance? So I think between him and Disco, I'm the only good Glenn in the world of professional wrestling. Wow. Wow. So Dis Disco's heel in this, in this universe. You quit. On, tw on Twitter, I'm the only good Glenn <laughs> in the world of professional wrestling. The last remaining babyface Glenn resides in Wrestling Inc. Yes. Um, but tonight... Oh man, it's been a good week. Beavis and Butthead is back. Mm. Like, you know, new Predator movies out. Gonna watch that tonight. Prey on Hulu. Looks pretty good. Paramount Plus for Beavis and Butthead? Yeah, yeah. Two wow. new episodes. Uh, and now, in addition to music videos, they're commenting on like TikTok videos and ASMR videos. And uh, it's very funny. Very funny show. Mike Judge is one talented motherfucker like between that and king of the hill like office space is one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time it's a, almost a perfect movie did you know uh who was i reading this the other day i wasn't even aware of this that wyatt sanak was like one of the main writers on king of the hill 
Like, oh, in fact, I, I think I think he actually like I think he actually worked on writing more episodes of King of the Hill than anyone else, wow. which is crazy. Yeah. No like yeah, yeah. Uh, White Snack is very funny. Love White yeah. Snack. He had a show on HBO for a while, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rico Harris saying, let me, "Let me letting him know that Prey is on Hulu just changed his night." I've heard fantastic things about Prey, the Predator movie that takes place oh, in wow. like the eight, the eighteen hundreds or the seventeen hundreds. Cool. Yeah, it's gonna be good with a uh, Comanche young uh, Comanche uh, girl fighting the Predator. I am all about that. They even made a version that's a Comanche dub, all in Comanche. Uh, Jared, one, two, three, four, five. Hey, guys, hope you're both good apart. The cat scratch fever really sucks, and I love my cats. But um, for all the good Triple H has done so far, that SummerSlam finish has killed Liv. I can't believe Liv getting the booze tonight. How do you boo Liv Morgan? We're going to get into that. They seem to have manipulated the story kind of do that. But then when you saw heard them on commentary, it seemed like they were even taking it back. But... They did that thing with Liv Morgan where they're trying to quote-unquote protect Ronda Rousey, but a lot of people are siding with Ronda Rousey. I'm very surprised because I thought this angle was going to make Liv Morgan a bigger baby face under the notion that she's an underdog, Ronda Rousey's an establishment, Liv's a first-time champion, she's the people's champion. That narrative went completely out the window with how the South Carolina crowd received Liv Morgan. And now we'll get into that, but they booed the shit out of her. Steve Marcuccielli saying Triple H with Cargill. My God, I don't. TK is not letting Cargill go, and she better get every dollar she can when she re-ups. I don't know if it's TK's decision. I mean, I know he goes around talking about how he has everybody under contract. We are in the era of athlete empowerment. We saw Tony Storm force her way out of a contract by jumping on a plane. We saw Jeff Hardy force his way out of a contract by jumping into the crowd. People are forcing their way. We saw John Gresham cuss Tony out, and and he's still on a contract. But if he could probably get out of his contract. I mean, uh, we're seeing more and more athletes act like James Harden. This is the NBA era of WWE superstar. And I'm all here for it. We saw Sasha and Naomi essentially force their ways out of their contract. So if Jade Cargill decides that this doesn't work for me, brother, I could see her just either negotiating with WWE where her contract is up or just walking out on uh, AEW. Kelvin Alexander, $10. Thank you. Uh, for me, it was the WWE is actually trying again. That's why I'm so optimistic. I hope the changes that AEW made backstage will make AEW watchable for me again. And AEW announcing all those hirings, like that's strategic. Yeah. They wouldn't have done that a month ago. Yes, and that's another story that they're probably trying to chase clout, which I'm all for it if that's what the deal is. But also, it is very much needed. I talked about Jonathan Gresham cussing out Tony Khan, and his issue was that there's not a lot of... Yeah! Communication, excuse me, uh, between AEW and uh, their superstars and their talent. And I've heard that. And a lot of people have had things like that to say about AEW's lack of communication. And that's going to happen, especially when Tony Khan is the one person who has all the power and he's dealing with the Jacksonville Jaguars going to have another 0-16 season and having to deal with the soccer team and all this stuff. There's a lot on his plate right now, you know, having to worry about next year's NFL draft where they're going to be a top five pick. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL again this year. And that's a lot to worry about for a Tony Khan. Uh, as the NFL season gets underway. And so having to worry about that and AEW can be tough. So you have to delegate those responsibilities uh, among people in AEW. And I think that's why he's doing it too. Dylan Matthews. 14 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 14 this year. Dylan Matthews is a good point. They muted Liv tonight when she said to the audience, it's okay. I appreciate you all calling me out on my shit. But what do you think standards and practices thought of Drew McIntyre saying the Q word for the first time ever? on WWE TV. Do you think standards and practices knew what that word meant? 
No, maybe not, because he didn't get a tape delay. He just got to say, unfortunately, it fell a little flat, although it popped me. I thought it was hilarious. I don't think people in South Carolina understand what a queef is out there in the Bible Belt, but it was very much hilarious. Uh, sometimes it happens here in the waiting room, so I'm very familiar with what he's talking about. And he did say that tribal queef, which I thought was very funny. And I stand correct on the Jacksonville Jaguars. A little hard. Uh, I said two and 14. There's 17 games in the NFL season, so two and 15 for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. There you go. So SmackDown tonight, we open with a match that could only be described as a banger between Ricochet and Happy Corbin. Do you do you think Corbin being so gimmick based, people actually forget what a great in ring competitor he is if he has the right dance partner? I think people don't give him credit for being a very good in ring competitor, great in ring competitor. But I think that's because he's also very good at his job and being a heel and getting people incited. And you saw it here again. He's got this feud with Pat McAfee. They're chanting for McAfee. And people really like trying to get under Baron Corbin's skin, which is his job as a heel. But I do think he's underappreciated in terms of being an excellent worker. I think he's very solid in the ring. And he does a good job at being a heel wrestler who can get the baby face over. Man, Ricochet is still, they just need to slap a coat of paint on his character. Like, either have him not talk, get him a mouthpiece, get him some acting lessons. Like, he could be the top guy in the company with, like, a, he's, like, one good storyline away from being a top yeah. guy in the company. And this is another one we saw. They really put him over tonight. Ricochet, another potential reclamation project in the Triple H era of somebody who everybody knows is very talented and just needs that shot. And he looks like he's maybe getting rebooted again. Maybe this is just so that they can beat Baron Corbin and continue the storyline because they did really switch the focus to Pat McAfee after this segment. But Ricochet might have some hope. Sheed Black, Buck 99, saying competition is good for everybody. Absolutely. I think uh, we need both companies on top of their game. But yeah, great match to start the show. Then we had McAfee tossing a football to Ricochet through it back. Uh, McAfee autographed it. it put it in the punch it into the audience uh sammy zane outside roman's dressing room i love what they're doing with the sammy zane storyline and the usos answering the door he's asking where Heyman is so the second part of this though was uh the best we'll talk about that uh shinsuke nakamura versus ludwig kaiser and if nakamura wins he gets a shot at the intercontinental championship against uh gunther uh what did you think of this match that's fine. I really have a hard time caring about Shinsuke Nakamura's chase for this title because they've spent so much time focusing on Kaiser and Gunther's problems. So yes. I don't know if this is supposed to be for Shinsuke to chase Gunther and us to care, or maybe yeah. they're going to keep fighting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just think Shinsuke is going to win, but what's the, what's the end game with uh, Gunther at this point? I don't know. I think they're just going to eventually have a split between him and Kaiser and I think that'd be a mistake, but WWE just loves splitting people up. And we'll see whether or not Triple H is as big a fan of splitting people up immediately as Vince McMahon was. But that seems like the way they're going because every time Kaiser loses, Gunther abuses him. Yes. Uh, she'd black buck 99 saying Corbin's undervalued and underappreciated. Uh, he just needs to go broke again, man. That was really uh, the best. Yeah. The best every couple years go, was. They should adapt this character to the stock market. So where you always know where the stock market is based on how Baron Corbin is doing. And when the market is down, Corbin's broke and he's homeless and he's outside. But then if there's a rally on the Dow one night, he's right back into it and he's rich and it just goes up and down. Yeah. Uh, so Liv Morgan out there addressing the SummerSlam con controversy. Getting booed by the crowd. How dare you? 
The channel you tapped out. It, it felt like she was getting ready for it. Like they expected that. Yeah. But then she did have that line about you guys calling me out on my shit. And they, they're telling the story that, you know, I know I didn't all the way win. And she's making excuses about, well, if you look at it, I, I didn't let go until this. And that only made it worse. So this was not a good presentation of Liv Morgan. It's funny that they had Sonya come out and cut this heated promo against her. It was like, oh, I could be kind of here for this feud. Sonya versus Liv. And then went right into the gauntlet match that Sonya didn't win. Yeah, she almost immediately lost. She did get one win. And I thought it was very interesting on commentary. This is how I knew that they maybe didn't expect Liv to get booed as they were doing damage control. And they were talking about how, well, you know, Liv Morgan has really come up and leveled up. Some of these people, maybe they're jealous. Somehow they're blaming the crowd for how you book this woman as a dusty finish. She got her ass kicked. She really looked like she should have lost that match. And now when the fans boo her after you made Ronda Rousey dominate her and get screwed out of a win, now it's the fans' fault. And it's because they're jealous yeah. of Liv Morgan's success. And then they immediately started chanting for Liv Morgan. So yeah, that kind of uh, contradicted what they were saying. No, I know. It's crazy. Um, but I like this match. I thought Raquel Rodriguez looked very good getting some good wins in this uh good showcase for the smackdown women's roster thought we might get a surprise with this before they announced the tag tournaments this is where i really thought okay maybe we get sasha returning winning with an assist from naomi uh before the tag tournaments uh, was announced i was like oh this might be a good surprise spot but ultimately i think Shayna baszler winning i mean look clash of the castle is going to be huge sales because of being the biggest, you know, WWE pay-per-view in the UK ever, uh, massive uh, audience show. So I think Shayna versus Liv there could be a very, very good match. And I think that if Liv retains over Shayna credibly, man, that'll really put the heat on a rematch against Ronda for the championship the next time they go toe to toe. And it makes sense in the story that they're telling with <clears throat> Liv versus Ronda in a feud. Shayna Baszler is obviously Ronda's real life friend. I expect them to do something with that. And hopefully they'll even reunite and make Ronda and Shayna a pair and then eventually break them off for a feud because I think a Ronda Shayna match would be great. And yeah. I don't think they've had a match since Ronda Rousey came to WWE altogether. So, it be but fun. you agree, Liv needs to win this match. Absolutely needs to win this match, especially if the story is her going for Ronda Rousey. I mean, why not beat her friend? And then it leads to a rematch against Ronda Rousey and Ronda Rousey hopefully is a superhero in that feud. And they're able to really have live be the dominant baby face. It'll be very interesting because they mentioned this is the first time anybody's ever beaten Ronda Rousey twice. Are they going to put Liv Morgan over Ronda Rousey three times? I, I don't all the way believe that. I'll believe that when I see it. But it can't be she, Liv can't be getting these banana peel wins anymore. Yes. As we saw from the crowd reaction, you do shenanigans like that then the fans will decide who they side with they will empathize with ronda rousey if it looks like she should have won that match which it did uh calvin five dollars saying bum ass shaw samuels in nxt uk is more entertaining than bum ass corbin <laughs> i need to i need to start watching NXT UK. yeah i, I don't know who shaw UK. samuels is I, I really haven't been up on my nxt uk viewing but he has to be pretty entertaining if he's more entertaining than corbin i don't think people give corbin the respect he deserves. This wrestling fandom have gotten so jaded that they feel like they need to like the heels who are trying to get them to dislike them. And any heel that's able to get grown adults, especially in the wrestling media that are supposed to know better, to get upset with them, I think is doing a job better than anybody. Yes. Um. So Shayna Wong, looking forward to this. Love this with Sami Zayn, that the Usos 
are referring to Sammy as an honorary Uso, even when they're saying like, okay, give it, I'm going to give it to you straight. I thought they were going to be like, you know, screw you, but no, they said, if you know, you aren't pulling your weight, you're going to have to take that bloodline shirt off. I love this idea that Sammy is now going to have to collect some titles to stay in the bloodline. And I think 24 seven championship, hardcore championship, like bring back all these retired titles that Sammy can just get or reintroduce. So we could become like Sammy seven belts and be part of the bloodline. <laughs> well, we don't need more titles in wrestling. I think he just needs to go on raw, win that 24 seven title, which was nowhere to be seen. And that might be something that goes by the wayside under triple H that very much feels like something that Vince McMahon liked that I could see triple H not wanting to showcase as much, but I think that'd be hilarious. If Sammy Zayn won the 24 seven title, they're all holding up their titles and he's got one. That's the big green title. Yeah. It needs to happen. Uh, but this is great. I am very into this. Uh, I hope Sammy Zayn enters the women's tag team championship tournament and tries to win those titles. Uh, Viking Raiders making their way to the ring, walking fast, faces past in the Vikings. Uh, to take on Jim Mulkey and Tommy Gibson in a quick squash. But then Kofi Kingston versus Eric with Kofi getting the win. So, so much for that uh, thousand mile raid. Very 50-50. It was looking very good for the Viking Raiders with a squash against these two jobbers. A shout-out to the Mulkies. Seeing Jim Mulkey was a shout-out to the Mulkey brothers, to the greatest jobbers in WWE and pro wrestling history. Mm. And uh, Mr. Mulkey and Gibson both lost. I thought the Viking Raiders looked good in that match, and then they just went and uh, did the 50-50 thing. Yeah. Kofi was uh, over like hell, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Um, and then we got the announcement about the tournament starts Monday – package hyping up gunther versus shinsuke and then roman reigns is going to address drew mcintyre drew mcintyre comes out drops the keyword uh yeah <laughs> roman's doing his thing and then we get black and white we get scarlet we get an hourglass and drew mcintyre attacked from behind by carrying cross and the internet goes yes. wild it did what it was designed to do. I thought it was really cool that it was a legitimate surprise. I know a lot of people have been hearing whispers that they were talking. I don't think anybody expected Karrion Cross to just show up tonight on SmackDown, but that's good. That's good for the brand in terms of moving forward. You're going to want to tune in to see who's going to show up tonight. And as long as they don't get carried away with this, and as long as they do have plans for people who show up, I think this is going to be a really good thing to see new people get opportunities and new people get to feud at the top of WWE. That main event picture is very tough to crack. And it's good to see somebody just come off the street and be able to get in the way really Cody Rhodes did in free agency. Wasn't Dan Cross like just do something in MLW like a couple weeks a couple ago? Nights ago? He was in yeah. the Ric Flair retirement show. He was wrestling on that card, I believe. Yeah, he wow. was. And uh, just a couple of days later, here he is on SmackDown. It's crazy. Love this. Love, like, look, love him or hate him, or you're probably indifferent to him. The majority of wrestling fans are probably indifferent to carrying across. But the idea is that we're going to have more surprises, more returns, more things to talk about. And new in wrestling is always good. And the biggest, especially because the biggest problem WWE has suffered from lately is lack of new. And in fact, I have to uh, call it out like no maximum male models tonight after their yeah. stellar SummerSlam commercial for water. They were absent from tonight's show. It's still drying off, Glenn. I mean, there's a lot of water that's filled on them. It takes a little longer to dry off. And uh, just real, uh, very interesting note. Raw is in Cleveland, Ohio, hometown of Johnny Gargano this Monday. And oh, there should be reason to believe from people that maybe Johnny could show up. I would not be surprised if he did. And that's only because of what we've seen out of this Triple H era in such an early time. 
he did that panel at Starcast last weekend, and it seemed like nothing really came out of it except Dexter Loomis showing up and just sitting down on the panel for a while. I'd like them to bring back Dexter too. Yeah, I think Dexter needs to be reunited because in Indy Hartwell is lost without him. Oh man, like seriously. Seriously, if we get NXT, if we get that 1.5 blend of the best parts of 2.0 and the best parts of Black and Gold, man, like NXT is going to be so hot. Yeah. It's be such lit. a good show. Yeah. Uh, so, man, went off the air. So incredibly uh, hot way to end the show. But then we opened Rampage Hot tonight. Rampage Live, starting with Moxley versus Mance Warner. Uh, Mance looking like an angry uh, Ray Stevens. <laughs> He looked like Brooks and Jensen. <laughs> Briggs and Jensen. Briggs and yeah. Jensen. That's what he looked like. Brooks and Dunn. Uh, yeah. And Dunn. Out there tonight. Uh, intense match. Hot. I actually think they, I don't know. I mean, I always want to say like, oh, they should have flipped the opener and the closer. But um, this was a hot opening. In fact, I think that, um, I think that how SmackDown ended might have necessitated putting this match on first tonight. Um, no, I don't think that was like a razor quick decision. I think they were going to plan to have John Moxley go on. I I think they were doing that because Rampage has just had such terrible numbers that they just wanted to start hot. They wanted to get a big audience to open the show and hopefully ride that wave on a live show. Yeah. I um I don't think I'm going to be hearing from the streets tomorrow based on the Fast Nationals because this number I think is going to be pretty healthy. Although I do hear from the streets uh, on occasion multiple times several times when the number is up. So maybe uh, they'll feel like they're in a good mood. Maybe they're going to try to push the narrative that Rampage is doing so great now that Vince is gone or, or, or not. Who knows? Maybe, maybe tomorrow morning you wake up to a charcuterie uh, delivery and then uh, right there printed on a, on a piece of uh, thinly sliced prosciutto. It's just the, the fast national overnight. That's usually on the blue cheese. I think the blue cheese can handle that uh, transcribing much easier. There you go. Uh, you know, I've never made a charcuterie. Well, how would I make a vegan charcuterie plate? I don't even know what would be on that. Like some vegan cheese, some well, yeah, beans. salami wouldn't be on it. It wouldn't be very good salami. You know, vegan salami. Actually, vegan salami is quite vegan salami and pepperoni. Because think about, dude, think about the actual meat that's in salami and pepperoni, and you're telling me that like soy fillers with that spicing, uh, spices oh. are somehow going to be like worse than what's actually in. <laughs> yeah, some of that stuff's nasty. <laughs> yeah, like awful. Like. Just season a bunch of soy, man. You're not really going to tell that much difference. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I thought this was a hot opening tonight. I mean, look, we know Moxley was going to win. There was a little bit of blood. Uh, there was uh, there was biting. You know, it was good. It's a good match. Yeah, but that's the thing. The flaw in this match was Mance Warner. Not a person breathing thought he was going to beat John Moxley. And people would rather talk about Karrion Cross, Sasha Banks, and Naomi than Mance Warner, whom a lot of people have never even heard of. Most people haven't heard of it. With all due respect, I mean, he's somebody who's a very talented wrestler, but sure. we didn't get any type of story as to who he was, and I think this was a problem throughout the show. I think we're going to talk later about uh, Madison Rain, and they just relied on people knowing who she was. There was no education as to who she was, and that's why I think the reaction was so flat. And you're telling me that like somebody has an angry Southerner gimmick, and in this modern age, there's no promo you could have had him cut that leaned into that? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean... There's a lot of material to work with these days, I'll tell you that. And then Joe Gacy could have come out with a rebuttal. It would have been awesome. <laughs> That's a forbidden door they could have done. I, I think NXT would be like, please, please, please take Joe Gacy. Make him an offer. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so uh, yeah, good match. But then, man, uh, Takashita versus Ryan Nemeth, like that was over before it started. If you got up to get yourself a drink, like that was done. Well, I did, so I must have missed it because yeah, I, Takashita I didn't get up won. to. Okay, he's uh, Takeshita is going to challenge for the ROH championship. I guess is it to heat him up. wait, how's it pronounced? Takeshita. Oh, Takeshita, not Takashita. Yeah, it's I very apologize. no, I've done that before, you know, it's read a certain way, but um, he's very, he's very talented. I, I very much like him. I, I don't think he's gonna beat Cesaro or Claudio, and that's kind of his role is close but no cigar. But at least they gave him a win here tonight. Are you excited for the best friends to compete for the trios championship? Slightly, but not really. I just feel like every pairing of three dudes is going for the trios championship. It's like, why don't you just have Blink-182 show up while you're at it and be like, hey, you guys want to compete for the trios belt? You're three guys. We can go out there. You know? You could get uh, De La Soul out there. Yes. That was the thing, you know? It's true. There are three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, leaders, I, can get out there. leaders of the new school. Yeah. Oh, Fergie would be yeah. an awesome valet, you know? 100%. Fergie is their manager. Yeah. Yeah. For delicious, man. Yeah. There should be a music trios title. I think there's enough teams to do that. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb that Fergie's solo material is very underrated. 100%. I think um, now that she did that national anthem thing, I think she gets hurt by that. But she had some bangers. She was she was really, she reminded me of Gwen Stefani's trajectory where she was in this popular group. And then when she spun off, she got even more popular. And Fergie was that B word for a while. That last album that nobody bought with that MILF Money song, MILF Money is a badass song. Videos on YouTube. Okay. Look it up. It's very I'll good. I'll check that out. Very good. I love good. me some yeah, MILFs. You know that. Yeah. London Bridge still slaps. Still good. Put that on my Applebee's playlist. <laughs> Can't believe Black Eyed Peas replaced her. I know she wasn't the original female vocalist, as we've discussed. Like, Fergie didn't lay claim to that, but it's just like, yeah. it's just not the same, man. No, not at all. Yeah. Really? Hopefully we'll get together and they'll do a reunion tour or something. Hope so. And also, I need to say this again. I'm pissed that there's some DJ Fergie. So I get things on bands in town saying Fergie's playing in Vegas. And I'm like, when and where? I'll show up. And it's like, no, it's DJ Fergie. It's this dude. And it's like, fuck. <laughs> I, I, I would be pissed. I would throw something if I went to a show thick and I was going to see Fergie and it's some DJ, you know? That's gimmick infringement. They, they better not have a DJ Khalees or she's going to come after him. <gasps> the way she did oh, Beyonce. <laughs> okay. So with Khalees, you know, she's a chef now also. Oh, really? Yeah, in fact, she's got so we ordered some stuff from her because we uh found out she was a chef. We were watching some special a couple years ago. She's got like a cherry barbecue sauce, absolutely delightful. They shipped us the wrong thing, and I was like, Hey, you shipped us, you know, like the wrong thing. And not only did we get like an awesome replacement goodie thing, like I got a nice handwritten note from uh Khalees, like wow. apologizing for the mix up on our order. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. She didn't say, um, I'm sorry for the order, I hate him so much right now. <laughs> No, you know, and I'm just saying Bobby Brown, when I ordered his barbecue sauce and spice rub, like I didn't get a note from Bobby Brown. So that's another trio. BBD could be a trio. Oh, shit. We got to make this tournament happen. (laughs) It would just be funny if the trio's tournament was like three legit tag teams and then just like three other like (laughs) three like Belle Biv DeVoe, Blink-182, you know, it'll get people talking. Yeah. Like three guys from Comic Book Men. Like, let's just you know really, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so um, Madison Rain tonight versus Layla Gray, probably the longest mid card yes. non championship female match we've had. But Layla Gray was Stokely Hathaway. Madison Rain's also going to be working behind the scenes. Did I hear yes. that correctly? She's a, one of the big signings they made. She's going to be coaching women. They're gonna 
looks like this is part of the effort to emphasize on the women, and she's also going to be wrestling, but kind of like a player coach role, very similar to what Sarah D'Amato is doing in the WWE, except she doesn't wrestle on the main roster or NXT, but yeah. I really feel like they should have had some kind of video package as to, you know, I'm sure they could have gotten the package from Impact or gotten the okay to show some of that footage. Uh, She was great in TNA, but that was a long time ago. There are a lot of people who maybe weren't even born when she was, or very, very, very young when she was dominating in TNA um, in the early 2000s. And uh, I mean, I, I don't think they did her justice in letting everybody know that this is a big deal. This is somebody they've signed from another promotion because there was no heat for this match and not a lot of heat for her appearance here. They were kind they, of waiting around for them to chant "Welcome back" or something, and nobody was doing anything. But they, but they booked her like a big deal. They gave her time like a big deal. Stokely Hathaway trying to cause the distraction tonight was treated like a big deal. But yeah, there was no, because I was just like, she feels very important by this match. Like you could just infer she's important to AEW. But you're right that they didn't do nearly enough to uh, sell that. And I liked uh, both entrance themes tonight were great. I thought Layla Gray was fantastic, and I love Jade Cargill coming out to the ring after. So. Uh, yeah. And Kira Hogan attacking. So this was good. This yeah, they're was really have a good. Match on a, it's not bad on Dynamite. They're going to have the open challenge match, Quake by the Lake. Yeah. So that should be interesting. It should be fun. It might be one of Jade's better matches. Madison Rain can go. And so somebody like Madison Rain is going to be great for the regression of Jade Cargill, especially if she's direct. That just shows you how invested they are in Jade Cargill. They just got this coach, and immediately she's going to be working with Jade. Well, what did you think of the main event tonight? Uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Josh Woods and Tony Nese in a Friday night I, street fight. That was an excellent match. I mean, these, nobody is going to care about, like, in terms of Josh Woods and Tony Nese, like, nobody's going to take that seriously as this duo that's going to beat Swerve in our glory, or uh, even in general, unfortunately, because they're really not booked to that level and they're very relative unknowns to the AEW fans. Do you th- I mean, I'm sure they know Josh Woods, but, you know. I feel like being the last match on Friday has now become, like, the new toughest slot in all of professional wrestling. Especially on a, well on a rampage, usually when they tape it on oh when it's taped, this is live, so they didn't have that problem. But yes, it is a death march when they tape it, and it's the last match of what potentially a three and a half hour show. Yeah, you're like that. That you're the the quote unquote headliner at Lollapalooza, which is really just the band that's playing last that yes. everyone's so going to hear when they're going to the parking lot. You know, it's like going on last. It's a Don Barris spot in the comedy store. Don Barris goes on stage at about midnight to 12.30, just as the comedy store is closing in the check spot when there's about 18 people. You should come out to Los Angeles to see it. Sometimes he shows everybody his junk. Oh, that's lovely. Um, <laughs> I've had, you know, I'm so pissed. I had a chance to go to the comedy store uh, 2019, like I was in LA, right before the pandemic happened. And I didn't go. I was like, oh, next time. I got invited to an event there. And I'm so, always wanted to go. Always it's a magical place. I'm there a lot. I was there last night hanging out. It's a fun place. Very magical love, place. It's church for comedians. Love the Sunset Strip. Love that. Yeah. Did they, did House of Blues change donors, right? Is Do they still have the restaurant and everything? The comedy store? No, House of Blues across oh. the street. Well, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they completely changed owner. They built that into a whole, because I think they used to be like hotels and they've completely really? renovated the area. Yeah, and there's uh, the Hyatt House there, man. Uh, used to be, but yeah, Hollywood and Highland also is like so different now than Definitely. Hollywood Boulevard was uh, even 20 years ago. Oh, you know what I want to talk to you about? Because I'm so tonight something magical happened, and I want to get back and talking about this match. But I like to, I like to have our segues before, not after. 
because that's what make them segues and transitions, diversions, if you will. So Grubhub tonight or DoorDash, no, it was Grubhub, like open up my delivery radius. So there were like all these new restaurants and freaking Ike's Place now delivers to my house, which is dangerous considering I've lost okay. like 30 pounds in the last four months. There's Ike's Place in Hollywood. Have you have you partook? In I've never been to Ike's Place. What, what are we talking? Is this a hamburger place? No, no, no. Ike's Place is like 400 different sandwiches. Oh, wow. Yeah. I yeah. might have heard of that. But they're like sub sandwiches? Uh, they, they're like smaller, but they use par break, par baked rolls. So what they do is they actually get their rolls like half cooked and then they run them through like an oven when your sandwich is made. So you get like fresh cooked bread cooked into your sandwich. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And okay, I'm going to try that out. The Hollywood. Yeah, I might even post, the, post me that. Yeah. There's like, there's like three Ike's near you. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could get, uh, and they've got like some of those novelty sandwiches that are like, you know, like the $30 sandwich that like no human could possibly eat unless you've got some serious body issues. Uh, but, uh, but no, but Ike's place. Yeah. Ike's, Ike's is where it's at, dude. Um, so yes, I was very stoked about the delivery for dinner. Got, got the uh, pilgrim, which the meat version is called going home for Thanksgiving. And Alfred, let me tell you what's on this. It's a, uh, it's a uh, Turkey cheese. Yes. But with the Thanksgiving theme, cranberry sauce and sriracha mm. on the sandwich. So you got the spicy and the sweet, which is where it's at. There was a place in Santa Barbara when I went to college called Mr. Pickles. And he used to put cranberry sauce on, on every type of sandwich. And it changed my life. Yeah. I, I've never had cranberry sauce on any type of sandwich and it not be good. Yeah. Cranberry, though, and sriracha, that's where it's at. If I do that yeah. at home, if you have cranberry sauce and sriracha, put that on a turkey sandwich. Life-changing. Very good. Uh, so yeah, the main event tonight was hot. Swerve in our glory versus Josh Woods and Tony Nese Friday night street fight. And this was more street fight than usual. There were tables, there were chairs, there was a lot going on. Swerve in our glory won. We kind of knew it was gap, and then we went over. We had an overage. How rare is that on TNT? Yeah, yeah so it was a live show. So they were going live. They didn't have time to edit it down, and so they went over the hour. Crazy. Very intense, very good. Love that Swerve and Keith are getting uh, their props from the crowd. They're also justified. This is awesome chance, as yes. Tony Khan is wont to tweet. Very yeah, justified. Very, this is awesome chance. Very good. Very, very good. Um, so overall tonight, this was a good night for sports entertainment. Oh, absolutely was. This is a good night for wrestling. Even AEW seemed like they brought their A game. They're all fired up. Uh, WWE did a good job again with these stories. They've had a week of very good ratings. I think they've seen NXT being up. They saw that monster number for Raw, and they figured, listen, if we're getting all these people trying to sample our product and all these extra casual viewers, we got to keep them. And uh, I, that's why I said on Raw, I thought I was disappointed. With You're going to have all these people watching who are new. You need something that's going to keep them watching Raw. And I didn't feel like that was on that show, but SmackDown, they did have that. Well, let me make my prediction. I think based on how they're stepping it up now on SmackDown, I think that within the next two months, Rampage is going to be live every Friday. Really? I don't think that's going to make a difference. I mean, I, I could possibly see. And one of the reasons I don't think they're doing it is because Warner Brothers Discovery is trying to cut anywhere from 3 to $5 billion. And by going live every night, that's definitely going to be more expensive. No, but and they don't pay I, more for that. They don't pay more. AEW covers that cost. But okay, they well, also maybe, get to offset with ticket sales. Okay, but it does also doesn't make much of a difference in terms of empirical viewership. Like, there's not 
as much data that shows that if you go live, it's going to be this big deal. I think if it does make a difference, I don't think it's going to be because it was live. I think it'll be because John Moxley was on the show and he's a big star. Okay. I think that's going to help it. And I think having a tag team title match is going to help. Uh, but I really don't think it'd even be worth the cost of AEW because with Warner Brothers making these cuts, AEW might not get a biggest raise as they were thinking of in terms of what Warner Brothers Discovery is willing to pay them should they keep them around and they be able to reach a new deal. I'm I'm still pissed about this Batgirl cancellation. Yeah, she and you know, and you know they pulled the House Party remake, the LeBron James produced House Party remake that was supposed to debut this week, but that they're going to put in theaters. That's why they pulled it from streaming. Well, okay, okay. Well, that's good. I'll I'll go see that in the theater. But maybe there's always hope for Batgirl. She could always go into the Lazarus Pit. People need to remember Batman has a Lazarus Pit. Joker came back to life. Jason Todd came back to life. The True. Riddler came back. Ra's al Ghul. Batgirl, one of the Batgirl iterations, came back to life. So maybe this Batgirl can go into the Lazarus pit. Boom, you have a movie. Did you watch the rehearsal yet? Oh, not yet. I'm going to binge the whole thing. It, it'll be. It, okay. It'll either be this weekend or next Monday. I have a, a time to to do my binging. It is on my list, and because I've had very good things about. It. It's almost done, right? There's one more episode. Uh, tonight's episode four, so there's two more after tonight. Okay. I will say though, the streets. Talk to me about Batgirl. I, I've talked to people who've seen advanced copies. I heard it wasn't that good. I heard it was a, a rough watch, is what I heard. Michael Keaton's in it and Brendan Fraser. So for that, I, I hope yeah, they got some comfort food. It was going to be on streaming, dude. How much dumb stuff have you watched on streaming? Because you already paid for it. It's not like you're paying extra. Right. You know, I'll watch, I'll watch anything on streaming, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, though. I mean, there's plenty, especially with Beavis and Butthead coming back. I mean, I, that might be enough for me to get Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, uh, behind the music, all those classic UMTV raps episodes, like the offer about the making of The Godfather. Yeah, Paramount Plus, uh, Star Trek, Strange yeah. New Worlds, Evil. Evil's on Paramount Plus. Yeah, Paramount Plus has got some uh, good stuff. I haven't even watched the new version of The Stand from a couple of years ago. Looking forward to that. But uh, Sandman, Neil Gaiman, Sandman hits uh this weekend on streaming as well so there's stuff oh and another woodstock 99 documentary on netflix which has the miz in the credits the miz was at woodstock 99 really yeah first episode yeah first episode you could see the miz like yelling in the camera like flexing you know like woodstock 99 baby let's go you know <laughs> that's amazing that that's exactly what he would say yes pre you pre real world miz so there you have it He's lived a long life. It's almost like a Forrest Gump quality to Miz, where he was at Woodstock. He was on Real World. He's in WWE. He's headlining WrestleMania. He just finds himself in all these grand situations. How have we never had a Forrest Gump gimmick of professional wrestling where they're showing like all this flashback footage, you know, and they're like like badly like CGIing like the wrestler into like archive footage? Yeah. <laughs> be, who would play that? I think Drew Gulak would be good for that. Oh, Drew Gawker would be amazing for that. That would be so good. Yeah. They should do that. Absolutely. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, everybody have a great weekend. We will catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Follow Alfred at This Is Nasty. I'm Eklund Rubenstein. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.